Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's an exciting time of the year for nothing. Absolutely nothing. And without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on any action that they possibly can be. And we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand right now, you'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. MyBookie. Today is March 30th, 2020, or maybe it's the 31st, March 31st, Tuesday, March 31st. This pandemic is becoming more frustrating by the hour. All restaurants in the area are being shut down completely. I went to Longhorn Steakhouse in Phoenix just a few weeks ago, and that they said they were going to go out of business if it continues the way it has, and that's when I knew it became personal. Haven't left the house in seven days, been keeping ourselves occupied all week long with bonfires, which is an open invite, by the way. I was told to say that. Open invite for the bonfires. You just can't come inside the house because, you know, germs. That's what my mom said. Last week, though, we only had uh, one episode on the show. I believe it was the Jared Carabas interview. We'll talk to Jared again in the coming weeks because everybody has time to talk. And we're talking all week long with new episodes Tuesday through Friday this week, starting today with episode 174. I made a guest appearance on the Chicago's Bull and Hawk Sports Show this past week, talking all things Chicago sports and baseball with CJ Hawk. So thanks for the uh, absolutely riveting intro, by the way, buddy. We uh, also have one more off-the-mound interview with Ryan Dempster from the Innings Festival in Tempe at the beginning of the month, and it's with 1985 World Series champ Brett Saberhagen. So let's do it here on episode 174 presented by Belly Up Sports. Remember to follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports. And this episode of the O-Show is sponsored by both TickPick and Mecca Nutrition. Use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order using TickPick.com. And if you're into banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping eights, for those of you that can still work out in your home gyms, Head on over to Mecca Nutrition. Use the promo code OSHOW20. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-20 for $20 off your next order. Remember, Swole's the goal, size is the prize. Talking Chicago sports, the ball hawk right now, coming in hot. Outside, um, you know, if you claim less popular or not 
the big, you know, like three, four, five sports that are usually covered in the news. Um, we like to, you know, change it up and cover like different sports. So, you know, such as wrestling, combat sports, you know, MMA, um, gymnastics, whatever it is, we got you on, you know, different sports as well as usual, the main sports topic that we cover team on the program, which is the Chicago Bulls. You might just hear that as well. Jack's take on the Bulls from time to time on the OSHA. So coming up, it's Jack. Enjoy. Hey, Jack. Hey, Colin. What's going on, brother? Do well. How about you? Not too bad. Not Well, I guess not great. Yeah. <laughs> not, too, not too shabby. Well, thanks for calling in to the Bullethawk Sports Show. Hey, no problem. Anytime, man. Let's see. Do you want to talk about maybe Tom Brady? We can talk about Tom Brady. Seems to be the lay of the land these days. Yeah. Do you think that going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a good choice? Uh, I, I Honestly, the choices that they gave you. So it was either going to be Tampa Bay, uh, San Diego was in the mix, the Las Vegas Raiders. Were yeah. the mix. I'm never going to get used to saying Las Vegas Raiders and Oakland Raiders, but it is what it is. Uh, I don't think any of those options is going to win Tom Brady a Super Bowl. Now, I know that he's taken really crappy Patriots teams and taken them all the way, case in point, two years ago when he won his sixth ring against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. He didn't really have a great offense that year. No. Uh, in his defense, I would have said going into last season, um, what was it last year, 2019-2020 season, uh, probably one of the best defenses in the game in the National Football League, but his offense, just, he didn't have any weapons, didn't have any tools at his arsenal. Uh, I mean, what, you got Mike Evans at the forefront in Tampa Bay. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I mean, when I looked at it, uh, I was one of those people that were going to say that Tom Brady, uh, like, I was going to believe it when I saw it when he left. You know, it was a lot of bark but no bite, you know what I'm saying? With, with all those rumors of him leaving New England and going elsewhere for the next two or three years. Yeah. Uh, I also I also think that, like, if one, one injury scare, his career's over. I mean, he's 42 years old right now, wants to play until he's 45. I'm going to assume that this deal with Tampa Bay is three years worth $30 million per year. I know it's worth $30 million per year, but it's going to be interesting because I know Super Bowl 55 is uh, in Tampa Bay at uh, Raymond James Stadium, so oh. no one's ever hosted a, a Super Bowl. No team has ever hosted a Super Bowl in their own stadium. Tom Brady looking to make a little bit more history. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because he definitely has some better receivers in Tampa Bay, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, for example. Oh, I mean, it's gonna it's a three-headed monster for sure, but in that division, you're going to get uh, Drew Brees with the Saints. You're going to get Brees versus Brady twice a year, which is going to yeah. be a treat for the next couple of years. Hopefully Tom Brady uh, can produce, like I said, I think one injury scare, and Tom Brady could be gone, so, you know? Yeah, like, I agree. You never really know. I think that's what the Patriots' biggest scare was. I know him, Brady... Uh, Brady Belichick and uh, Robert Kraft, I guess, weren't seen eye-to-eye for many years. I mean, those rumors swirled for uh, the last decade or so. Uh, but I guess it finally came to forefront, and now he's uh, on his way out. So we'll see what happens in Tampa Bay. And again, Breeze, Brady twice a year. Can't complain about that. Uh, Cam Newton, if he stays, I know the Patriots are kind of looking in on him, looking for a potential trade partner. You could get Andy Dalton in New England. Sure. Who knows what, what the future holds for the New England Patriots. All I know is... All those Jets fans out there, all those Bills and Dolphins <laughs> fans are just having a freaking parade uh, now that Tom Brady's out of the AFC. Oh, I know. They're probably 
going crazy. And did you hear that Teddy Bridgewater is going to Carolina? Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina. So that, see, that's what's interesting. So Cam Newton apparently being looked at. His medical records were looked at by both the Patriots and I know one other team. I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, but Cam Newton to New England, I don't think that would be a great fit with no, Bill Belichick. No, I, I agree. Belichick is. And yeah, so Teddy Bridgewater going to the Panthers, and we'll definitely see was his uh, time starting for the Saints, was it like a mirage, or is he really a decent QB? I think the one thing we can take away from all this is that the NFC South is going to be a division to look out for in 2020. Even if we get, I mean, again, with this whole coronavirus crap, who knows when training camps are going to start. Oh, I know. I mean, I would like to think that this is going to be over in the next two months or so. That's what I'm kind of, like, banking on. I don't see it ending in the next few weeks. I would hope that it would end in the next few weeks or so, try and get everything back to normal baseball. Apparently yeah. it's not starting until at least June yeah. is what I'm hearing, possibly July. I mean, it's, de- it's definitely going to be, a, a, like, the epicenter of sports when everything comes back, too, because uh, uh, baseball is going to be going, football is going to get, be getting started. Uh, the NBA Finals is going to be going on. The Stanley yeah. Cup Finals are going to be going on. It's definitely going to be a, a wide pandemic, if you will, no pun intended, of sports moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the NFC South, to me, is going to be one of the most intriguing uh, divisions to watch football with Brady, uh, with the Buccaneers. We'll see what happens with James Winston. Uh, yeah. Drew Brees in New Orleans. Again, Brady versus Brees twice a year. You can't complain about that. Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. It's going to be interesting to see if they can move Cam Newton because I know a few teams are interested. He's got a ton of talent. It's just the ego problem. And injury. biting him in the ass. But it's going to be interesting to see in the NFC South. And let's see. I also want to talk about the Chicago Bears because that's my my team. The Bears. (laughs) And they've been trying to get new players because they just got Nick Foles like an hour ago. I know. I mean, that, well, how convenient for you to talk about it on your on your sports show. <laughs> Nick Foles, again, he got his own trophy out at uh, Lincoln Financial Field, him and Doug Peterson, which I thought was a massive slap in the face to Carson Wentz. I mean, how are you ever going to back the guy if you have the backup quarterback statue uh, oh. right outside your stadium just staring you dead in the face every day? I mean, I don't know how 
how he does it. Gets hurt every year, always lets everybody down, supposed to be the franchise quarterback, and Nick Foles wins the championship at the end of the day. You used to say he wouldn't have won them that championship two years ago against New England if he hadn't got hurt, but it, it's really a bite in the ass to Carson Wentz that Nick Foles' trophy is out there with Doug Peterson uh, and not Carson Wentz. But, you know, Nick Foles uh, didn't really have quite the campaign that he wanted no. in Jacksonville when he got traded. Uh, so I, I think he's going to be ready to go. Because, again, a few years ago, Nick Foles even said it in his book that he was going to quit football. He really had no passion for it left, wins the Super Bowl, miracle run uh, with that big win over the New England Patriots. Great offensive game. Everybody remembers the trick play for the two-point conversion in that game in the second quarter. Uh, Nick Foles to the Bears. I think it's a good move by you guys. It's going to be interesting to see because Mitch Trubisky, uh, my buddy, is not uh, the franchise quarterback that everybody hoped that he would be. So maybe Nick Foles can light a fire under his ass, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and also in the article I read about Nick Foles, it says that uh, Coach Nagy was the offensive coordinator when he was in Kansas City for like a year, so we'll see. See, all the dots are connecting. It's like the domino effect. Nick Foles, I mean, that's why he was brought in. There's chemistry, so we'll see if it happens. Yeah, and I think, I don't know about the contract, because he had a big contract in Jacksonville, so I wonder how that's going to work. You got to pay your man. Yeah. Your mans, Colin. <laughs> and let's see. I took a lot of notes before he came on. I wanted to make sure I got like interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. We could talk about the catch for like an hour if you want. Oh, that's true. We could talk about Southern California catch. Colin Suck, PA announcer, Jack O'Hara, play by play broadcaster. We got a ton of great stories from that stuff. I know. Are they going to play? Uh, is uh, Shepard's going to play or no? Cause we, uh, well, uh, so I'm going to be broadcasting for the San Luis Obispo Blues oh. for the summer, and I just got an email saying that it's still on as of right now because oh, that's good. the over 50 plus, because now I think it's down to what? You can't be in a room with more than 10 people? Yeah, say. 10. Some, somebody should tell Walmart that. There's more than <laughs> 50 people. But uh, I, they were saying that the, 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 the rule of having 50 or more people in one place is going to be up by May 11th, and the okay. season doesn't start till May 22nd. So as of right now, they plan on going as scheduled. You know, the, the show must go on, they say, showbiz. Uh, that, that, and I, I, I don't think, um, I don't, I personally don't think that the season is going to go on as scheduled. I could see it being cut in half because, again, I don't see this thing end, ending anytime soon. I think uh, I this agree. thing, I think we're in this for the long haul, unfortunately. Like, I'm already bored as hell. We're about four days into spring break here at TCU. They, they closed down all food options. There's really nothing going on. There's no classes. I have all online classes for the rest of the year. Same, same for me. Uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward. I mean, well, there's one thing for sure that the Southern California Cats won't be playing any games because uh, they're defunct. They, they dunked, but <laughs> so, so Cal Shepherds, from what I heard last year, very organized, very, very uh, good job done by Ben Orr, really yeah. organizing that. Hunter Bingham as well, uh, the general manager for the Cats two years ago. I know he's not quite in the same position as well, but I want to give those two a lot of props. I really uh, love that they gave us the opportunity to be there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a challenging summer. It was probably the best summer of my life so far in Southern California. And I also know that you worked with the Charlotte Knights last summer. Charlotte Knights. I mean, it, it was interesting. So I started out as an intern with the Savannah Bananas out in Savannah, Georgia. 
working for a few guys. I mean, they're probably one of the more popular teams in collegiate baseball just because of all their promotion side. Uh, The way they market themselves, they bring in around 5,000 fans a game, which is insane for collegiate baseball. Because as you know, we probably drew in about 14 fans for our SoCal catch game. Around there, yeah. Provided we didn't sell any alcohol, which again, like I've never had a pint of beer in my entire life, but I know as well as any dummy out there that beer sells. Yep. Uh, again, FCA, so I get it, but uh, Savannah Pavanana is bringing in 4,000, 5,000 fans oh. per game. Great, great, uh, great strategy on their end, great business mind. Jesse Cole, the owner, Jared Orton, the president, those guys have a great mind for the future of baseball when it comes to entertainment, speeding up the pace of play. Uh, just entertaining the fans. Uh, when it went to uh, treating their interns, not not so much. I mean, that, we really weren't fed all that much. I don't know if it's just a thing in the South. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like like once an hour. I mean, that might be a lot, a lot to ask for, but maybe like at least two meals a day would suffice. I, I, we were having like 18 to 20 hour shifts a day without being oh, fed. Come on. It was really unorganized on that end so about six seven weeks in i i gave my two weeks notice and i ended up leaving it's not something that i wanted to do i thought it was a great opportunity to work with great-minded guys like that uh but at the same time i had an opportunity with the charlotte knights i was getting credentialed to interview players on the weekends i would drive back to charlotte it's about a three four hour drive and i uh it, it was definitely an interesting situation because uh, Tommy Mule, who's the vice president of communications and media relations with the Charlotte Knights, kept giving me opportunities, just saying, like, yeah, just let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass. You can come out, interview some players, hang out with us in the press box, and uh, we'll, we'll have a good time. I'm like, that sounds so much better. I mean, they had wings. They had pizza. Uh, the whole nine. They had, they had some fried tip out in the press box. We were getting fed, which was nice. And so after that, I'm like, this is a no-brainer. Uh, the schedule will be a little bit lighter, have more opportunity working in AAA as opposed to collegiate baseball. So I ended up making the hard move to leave the Savannah Bananas because I I've never really uh, left anything in, in in my life. I don't want to use the word quit, but at the same time, like it was miserable, you know? Like how, how do you expect people to perform when they're not oh, being fed? So uh, it was a tough decision, but I still am thankful for doing that to this day because still talk to the Charlotte Knights, still uh, looking for maybe a job after college, living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Who knows? Tommy Viola, again, a great guy. Uh, uh, a lot of chemistry between us, listen to the same music, uh, watch pro wrestling. Like it, it was like a match made in heaven working for the Charlotte Knights over the summer. Did a ton of great interviews as well, you know, like, a lot of guys got hurt, like Eloy Jimenez went down for a few weeks, got yeah. to talk to him. Tim Anderson, great guy to talk to. It was like right after his whole bad flips uh, incident when he brawled with the Kansas City Royals. So we had a couple of good laughs after that. ton of great personalities in AAA to talk to as well. So it was just an overall awesome experience working for those guys. And I'm forever grateful that, again, Tommy Viola, the vice president of communications, gave me that opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. My good friend Julia, she's a diehard Sox fan, so she'd be happy to hear about that. Go Sox! S-A-W-X. Go Sox. Uh, so what about the Yankees? Because I know you're a big Yankees fan. Are you bummed out that the season's going to take place way later? Uh, you're damn right I'm bummed, Colin. I mean, Me I'm too. sure you're bummed that the, oh. the, the Cubs 
Cubs are starting in like June or July. I yeah. mean, this is honestly, this is, I don't want to say it's the year because I thought it was the year of the past two years. But <laughs> Garrett Cole signed nine years, what was it? Yeah, nine years, 324. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, the one thing that does scare everybody is the fact that nobody can stay healthy. I mean, I, I mean, they, they have an Aaron Boone press conference every single day. They should have a Stevie Donahue, Stevie Donahue, the, the, uh, the, the personal trainer for the Yankees. He should have a press conference every day just saying, like, what the hell is going on, man? I mean, at, at this point, I mean, I know they changed some guys on their uh, uh, on their staff when it came to uh, – personal performance, but Giancarlo immediately goes down after about five months of uh, resting. Uh, Judge was playing with a broken rib for nine months. I mean, how does that happen? Uh, Gary Sanchez goes down with the flu, tested negative, I think, for coronavirus, thank God. Uh, And and it's it's never the the small guys, you know? It's never like Gio Urshela, not to say that he's a small guy, was awesome last year, but it's never like uh, a utility guy getting hurt going on the 15-day IL. It's always the the stars. Your franchise guys. I mean, if Judge and Giancarlo can stay in the lineup for a full season, they could probably hit for more than a hundred home runs for a season. I mean, could you imagine? Like that was the that was the dream when we got Giancarlo in 2017. Him and Judge hit 50 homers each because Giancarlo was coming off that 59 homer season. Judge was coming off his rookie campaign, yeah. hitting 52 bombs into the bleachers every day at Yankee Stadium. One time, he actually reached the retired numbers past the bleachers and left field. Uh, which is just Superman strength. Uh, Gary Sanchez, if he can be the Gary Sanchez he was in his first two years, hit for average, say, subparts like 290, 300, 310. I mean, I mean, we're not asking for a whole lot, Gary, but come on, get that average <laughs> up. You went 220 last year? Jesus. But, uh, again, I think that this is our year regardless. I mean, the team, everybody was sent home. So everybody was sent home because of coronavirus. And Zach Britton, the left-hander reliever for the Yankees, announced on Twitter that the entire team stayed in Tampa uh, so they can continue uh. working out, which shows how close-packed that this group is and how motivated and hungry they are for Championship 28. I mean, it's Mission 28, so we'll see what happens in 2020. I know the Cubs are looking to get going. I saw Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo. Uh, mic'd up during a game with the Angels a few weeks back. That's hilarious. They're going to be at the top of the order for you guys. I'm going to go Brian Rizzo, Javi Baez. Javi Baez, he's my pick to win NL MVP this year. I think he's morphing into probably one of the game's best middle middle infielders as well as best hitters. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons to him and Glaber Torres. I think Glaber Torres is going to have a monster year for the Yankees. Thank God he's like the one mainstay who hasn't gotten hurt yet. Uh, but could you imagine if that trade never went down between the Yankees, uh, between Theo and Cash, when uh, they sent Labor Torres for all this chat? Yeah. Could you imagine Labor Torres at second and or pro- probably at short, and then you had uh, Javi Baez at second base in, yeah. in the middle of that infield with the Cubs? That would be insane at Wrigley Field. Yeah, because we wouldn't have to worry about Addison Russell anymore, so we would have Torres. Oh, yeah. And then the, the best part about that deal is that, I mean, I. To me, Theo Epstein, if you could do it all over again, he would. You guys won a World Series first time in 108 years. Yeah. It's probably the most entertaining World Series of all time. I still think Game 7 of that World Series, that progressive field between the Cubs and the Indians, was arguably the greatest game ever played, at least in our generation, uh, with two teams having 60-plus year droughts. Uh, and I think that it, it, it's very comical to me that you guys gave up your top prospect, one of the top prospects in baseball, 
for Waldis Chapman for two months only for the Yankees to re-sign him about a, a month later yeah. after the World Series. Well, he's not the only mistake we've made. We've traded away... <laughs> We traded away Hila Jimenez for Quintana, who's trash. He's not for that good. That that was a, a boneheaded decision on Theo Epstein. Kind of a buttonhead for that one. Uh, what was it, Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease? Yeah, Dylan Cease. He's also uh, a great guy. I talked to him over the summer with the Knights as well. Shout out to the Charlotte Knights again. Uh, made his debut with the White Sox last year. He's probably going to be... He's, he's considered to be the future ace of their staff. A lot of pressure on the young guy, but we'll see if he uh, unfolds the way that uh, they want him to. But Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, and there was one other guy who I don't think really established himself. All for Jose Quintana, who really has not done anything. He's like the Sonny Gray for the Yankees. The Yankees gave up uh, a ton of great prospects at the time. I mean, none of them really panned out, which is nice. Dustin Fowler, Jorge Mateo, uh, but Sonny Gray... Again, an ace-like pitcher in Oakland didn't pan out in New York, and I know a lot of guys. You know the Carl Pavanos. Yeah, uh, you can even say Giancarlo right now. Unfortunately, cross your fingers. He still has eight years left on that freaking deal of his. Still eight years. Uh, but Sonny Gray. Uh, I mean, it, it just proves he wasn't cut out for New York. He had a stellar year in Cincinnati last year. It just seems a lot more comfortable. So, again, Jose Quintana, uh, uh, get your head out of your ass, son. You, you got a few more years left on that deal. Because I, I feel like even though they won that World Series in 2016 are as hungry as ever to get back there, Joe Madden was the savior in 2016. And in 2019, everybody wanted him out. So yeah. we'll see how he does in Anaheim. So you never know with this, but it's going to be interesting to see when this season kicks off. I mean, if it starts in June or July, what does that mean? Does that mean that the season's going to get cut in half? I mean, I think that's something that Rob Manfred and uh, the, the MLB front office has definitely looked into. I mean, 162 games is a haul. You know, uh, the NBA cuts that in half. Uh, NHL cuts that in half. NFL only plays 16 games one week, one game a week. Uh, I, I could see MLB trying to cut that down to like maybe 140 games, maybe... 25 games. Yeah. I mean, I think 82 is a lot uh, yeah. past, or that's literally that's cutting short. the season back. That might have to be something that they do here, though, Colin, because, again, if the season doesn't start till July, you can't play a World Series game in December or January. That's just not going to happen. No. Unless you play at uh, a neutral site, maybe in, like, Tokyo in, like, a dome or something, uh, or maybe, like, uh, Texas, Dodger Stadium, somewhere where it's warm, or at least remotely warm. Uh, for the World Series, which would also be interesting to me, having a, a World Series where you have played uh, the best of seven in a, a stadium where it's undisclosed, kind of neutral, both fans have to travel, and there's no home field advantage. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, God threw us a curveball here. We're going to have yeah. to try and smack it out of the park. Yeah, a lot of interesting sports stories, even though basically there's not any games happening right now. I'd say so. Trust me, they're going to run out in a few days, though. Oh, Nobody's yeah. going to have anything to talk about. Oh, I know. Get your information now. Yeah, because on First Take, because I watch First Take sometimes, they were talking about, like, DeAndre Hopkins and his trade and stuff. DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. That's the, that's the news of the town, the talk of the town in AZ today. I mean, what, oh, that's true. David Johnson, franchise player. Uh, I'm not really too concerned with it, you know. Uh, in about three or four days, though, there's really not going to be anything to talk about in sports despite people coming out. I still think Rudy Gobert is a freaking nuisance. 
for basically yeah. making a mockery of all of it, touching all the microphones in the press conference area, touching all the chairs. I'm so annoyed. And then he tests positive for coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, what a dunce. What, just, a, a, just an absolute blockhead, a stupid idiot, you might say. But, you know, yeah. in about four days or so, everybody's going to have to start picking up books. You know, I just went to Barnes & Noble yesterday, picked up a lot of great books. Lucky Bastard by uh, Joe Buck, great sports commentator or awful sports commentator, depending on how you look at him. I'm not one to judge. I'm a big Joe Buck guy. I don't know about you. A lot of people don't like Joe Buck. Uh, he's got a big forehead. It depends I think what sport. Normal size. Yeah, it depends what sport. Some sports I can't stand him as, but some I like he's okay. I think uh, he's gotten a lot better with baseball. I mean, he used to show, and he even says it in his book. He used to show really no emotion, just because he's the national broadcaster. He can't really show favoritism to one side or the other. Yeah. So every every team thinks he roots against their team, which is nonsense. Uh, it's debauchery. But Joe Buck, I think, has done a tremendous job in baseball when it comes to just showing enthusiasm and excitement and cadence in his voice. He's probably the best when it comes to NFL games. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see in uh, this this year what happens. Because, again, you really don't know what's going to happen this year with any of these sports. I mean, NFL's probably the least concerned because their season doesn't start until July when players start reporting to training camp anyways. But baseball starting in June or July. I mean, NHL and NBA. I know NHL is uh, probably going to start up again soon because they, they don't have anybody uh, that's diagnosed. I know Kevin Durant, four other Nets yeah. players, were diagnosed in the NBA. So NBA might be uh, done for a while. I know they're all in quarantine in, like, their locker room. Wait, so they're, they're still in the locker rooms? Uh, I mean, I, I doubt it, but I know for a while yeah. that they were. Oh, man. It's not, it's not a fun time. It's no. not sunshine and peaches, my friend. No. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Is there anything else that I want to talk about? Is there anything else to talk about? That's a good question. Do you, do you have any uh, great stories from that summer with the SoCal Catch? Uh, let's see. I guess... I mean, I was really excited to go down to Southern California because I grew up in Northern California, so San Jose, so like near San Francisco. San Francisco. That was a fun trip when we went to San Francisco. Yeah. I think, I think that those final three weeks of the season were probably the most uh, uh, entertaining, the biggest highlights of that trip, maybe not in the best way. Again, I thought that was probably one of the best summers of my life. We were riding that uh, that freaking dune buggy of a car, that Chrysler convertible, McNeil and Tyler Martin. Uh, <laughs> it was breaking, was breaking down on us every other day. I mean, oh, man. Where the entire dashboard, like the car would go dead, but it would stop, then it would turn back on. We'd go like 50 miles an hour down the, down, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Rosecrans Drive yeah. uh, out in L.A. And then... <laughs> Uh, but those final three weeks, that slow trip, we went to uh, San Luis Obispo, California, to play the Blues, and uh, we're, on, we're we're taking a bus there, and the bus loses its back tire. I was actually in the back seat, sitting next to Neil. Uh, I'm like, things are getting really hot back here, like unusually hot. Like I know it, it was like a summer trip, maybe it was 103 for about three weeks, but at that point, I see the, the, the tire wheeling. It was wheeling and dealing. Scratch on him. There were a ton of scratches on his car, though. It was completely totaled. 
uh, we got a giant uh, universal just wow from our bus. And uh, I think that was probably the best part of the summer. We got a Barstool Sports for that. Uh, players were getting interviewed because uh, San Luis Obispo News came. Uh, that was crazy. And then we went to San Francisco a week later. And our bus showed up about 13 hours late. I oh, that was horrible. Get up at like 3 in the morning. I was so mad. And we kept getting updates like every five minutes. Like, yeah, it's sleeping for another five minutes. Yeah, you guys can sleep in for like another 45 minutes. Yeah, you guys can sleep in for like another three hours. And then we still had to show up around 6 a.m. And at that point, they're like, yeah, we're really not in any contact whatsoever with the driver. You guys can go back home. Uh, we're probably going to leave sometime tonight. So it was like an absolute just like butt muncher situation. That was a disaster. Not, no one was on the same page. Uh, but I think just again building those relationships over the summer we had me you davis ford as yeah. that assistant we had neil o'donnell as uh, the, the promotion social media tyler martins as the clubhouse manager I, I it was just again probably one of the greatest experiences i've had again you're in chicago you grew up uh where, where did you say you grew up in northern california yeah san jose san jose california and i know tyler indiana Yale, Chicago, too. Davis, I know, is out in Baco, Bakersfield, California. Go to school without him out here in Phoenix. Uh, me out in Jersey. I mean, it was a, a ton of different personalities from all over the world uh, uniting together for one basically big vacation, big just summer blast out in Southern California for the summer. Hey, guys. Just had an awesome interview with Jack O'Hara, host of The O Show on Belly Up Sports Network. He's very talented. He's d- done a lot of great interviews with people from walks of life, especially baseball. So he was on, for example, the Charlotte Knights. He worked for them as an intern. He was an intern with me when we both were on the Southern California Catch. So that's how I met him two years ago in Southern California. And it was great to have him on the Bullhawk Sports Show. I'm so bold. And thank you once again to C.J. Hawk, Colin Sugg, for having me on his sports show this last week. I had a blast talking to you, bud. We'll definitely do it again sometime, probably in the near future, because, you know, we've got time. And speaking of time, it's been a long time, a long time since Brett Saberhagen took the mound as a 21-year-old kid in Game 7 of the 1985 World Series, and he talked about what it was like pitching in the biggest baseball game that the baseball world has to offer as a 21-year-old with Ryan Dempster on Off the Mound. So let's talk to Brett Saberhagen after this quick word from TickPick. For you, we, we worked hard on that. Yeah, they worked hard on it. They're they're uh, they're killing it. 
love it. And we did that because of that lovely rap video you made for the Ford truck. Oh, that was, uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen that or not, but Google uh, uh, the Saberhagen Shuffle and you'll get uh, some good belly laughs out of it, that's for sure. <laughs> How are you doing? How's doing life? good. Doing good. Fourth shoulder surgery in December, so golf game is null and void right now, but uh, we're trying to work to get back in. And, that, and I know that hurts you because you're eating. It, yeah, that it's, is a tremendous golfer. Not only I try hard. I try hard. And, um, yeah, so I'm uh, looking forward to it's hopefully swinging sometime soon. But living in Central Coast, California, past world is good wine country. Just so if anybody's interested. Yeah, see, look at yeah, yeah. Get some boating done during the during the summertime. Keep our boat up there. So. Um, yeah, kids are doing good, getting older, grandbaby, and then I've got another one coming uh, in uh, the end of September. How much more fun is being a grandpa than being a dad? It, uh, yeah, you can get them all wound up and just go, here you go, enjoy. <laughs> I remember walking out one morning, we, we were leaving, and it was like 9.30 in the morning, my dad gave my, my daughter ice cream. Yeah, right? And my yeah. dad, what are you doing? He's like, what am I doing, stay no? The things you can do as a exactly. grandpa. Exactly, yeah. No, it's been it's been awesome. Sawyer Rose, and um, haven't found out if it's going to be a boy or girl, the second one. So looking forward to finding that out. It'd be great to have a boy, but um, kids are great. So, nice. Yeah. I want to take a little stroll down memory lane with you, because we actually, we know each other. We, we're friends. Uh, yeah. I've never asked you any of this kind of stuff before. But <laughs> 21 years old, pitching Game 7 of the World Series to lead your team to a championship. Going into that game, can you kind of like walk us through the emotions and what was happening through all of that? Well, fortunately, one of the things that really kind of kept my mind off of things a little bit was Drew, my first child was born, game six of the World Series. So my wife was pregnant throughout the whole entire playoffs. And he was born game six in the morning. Um, so I was at the hospital, it was awesome. We were in Kansas City at the time against the Cardinals. Um, uh, you know, a few hours before game for game six, show up. Well, we ended up uh, coming back and winning that game two to one. And game seven, uh, so again, I go to the hospital that night, show up in the morning, get a decent night's sleep, and most nervous I've ever been before any game ever. It, uh, it's, you know, you it, oh, yeah. Well, you, as as a 21 year old, had a good season. The team had a great season, and I felt like if we didn't go out and win and I didn't do a good job that I was going to let down the fans, I was going to let down team, uh, organization. So um, I think I finally felt the ground under my feet after about the third inning. But uh, fortunately, throwing strikes and they were putting it in play and hitting it to the right guys. And, um, I actually uh, watched uh, uh, that game, game seven, just recently for the first time ever with my wife because she has never seen it. So um, you never, you never I've never it. watched it. It's the first time. I, I was... I was skinny little shit back then. I was uh, <laughs> 160 pounds soaking wet. So, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun to watch. Uh, Al Michaels did a great job and Reggie Jackson was in afterwards. And back then, after the game, you would actually talk to the president. So Ronald Reagan was a president at the time and he'd get on the phone with them and uh, got to chat a little bit with Ronald him. Ronald Reagan. He actually called the clubhouse, yeah, and congratulated the Royals organization and I happened to be up there and talked to him a little bit and chatted with him, but uh, and then of course going to the White House and that was that was pretty good thrill as well. So, wow! Yeah, all at the age of uh, 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's good that like self-reflection when you're going through it, you don't think about those things. But you won a World Series, you had two Cy Youngs, you threw a no hitter. I mean, you got to accomplish a lot of things on the field 
that a lot of pitchers that strive for never get to do and you got to accomplish them all. Do you ever just sit back and just pitch yourself and go, wow, man, that's what a good ride that is and appreciate your career because it's incredible. You don't really think about it while you're going through it, but afterwards you kind of, you know, reflect back on what happened and what you accomplished. But my first year in the big leagues, 1984, we uh, we lose the Detroit Tigers and they go on and win the World Series. My second year we win the World Series. I go, this is awesome. I'm going to be in the playoffs every year. Come to find out, I never got back to World Series again. I got back to the postseason with uh, with the Rockies in 95 and then uh, with uh, with the Red Sox in 98-99, but um, never back to uh, to a World Series again. So at the time, I, I was like a little kid in a candy store. This is great. Postseason, got a chance to win a World Series every year, but, you know, players change, teams change, injuries. There's so many things that come into, into play, as you know, um, how you, uh, you know, need to go out and, not just one guy, but you have to have 25 guys go out there and, and perform and at their best and uh, to, to win championships. And that's what's remarkable about any sport in general because if you can win multiple championships, and especially back-to-back, it's pretty damn impressive. Okay. I, you know, when you talk about the 25 guys, I was going to ask you who are the biggest jokesters that you played with, but then I saw that video of you doing that <laughs> rap video for a Ford MVP, and I was like, well, it's probably you. <laughs> But who are, who are some of the guys that when you look back and at the end of the day when we get done playing baseball they just keep playing more baseball games the game doesn't stop for us but the memories that you created with teammates and with buddies that last a lifetime who are the guys that made the biggest impact on you coming up in the big league? well George of course but when you want to talk about characters Quisenberry um, uh, was one of the guys that was always cracking jokes was always goofing around he was like a, a, a big kid and um, but Lonnie Smith and myself, we used to practically joke against each other, and we were, it was like daily routine. We'd be doing something to one another, and then all of a sudden, a few people found out what we were doing to each other, and then they started doing stuff to us, and we kept thinking it was both of us doing it to each other, and it was other people getting involved and screwing around with us. So finally, uh, I think I, uh, somebody got pissed off with one practical joke. I used to give hot feet, which was not a good thing. Um, got in trouble with that. Uh, That's totally uh, yeah, gone, yeah. No, gone. no more hot feet. Um, you got to bring that back somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, at some point in time, somebody I did a practical joke to, and they got pissed off and wanted to almost get into a fist fight. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm done with the practical joking. Uh, uh, but still, yeah, I'm still a big kid at heart. Yeah. Well, you, I know you were a practical joker. You got an amazing sense of humor. You're a tremendous guy. But out on the mound, you were one of the fiercest competitors we ever watched. We watched you dominate in the World Series um, and lead the Royals to a championship. And we appreciate you coming up here today, taking some of your time to talk to everybody. It's great to be out here with all the, I mean, there's tons of baseball fans, which is pretty damn cool. So, and his festival is doing a great job, and you're doing a great job. And I feel like I'm uh, on Jay Leno or something up here with the, you know, you got the coffee mug. (laughs) Hey, everybody, how about a round of applause for Brett Saber?
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.